I'm Lawson. And I'm Ollie. And, and we're, we're Two Force. Hello and welcome to the Two Force podcast, where two queer comedians discuss Netflix's animated comedy, Q Force. We'd like to acknowledge this podcast is recorded in Mianjin, Brisbane, which is Yagara and Turrbal land. I'm your host, Ollie, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm your host, Lawson, and my pronouns are he, him, but also gender is a construct that I do not believe in. And I think we should get into it. Absolutely, but before we do get into it, we have a guest on the podcast, Holly. Wait, we have a guest? We do, we do. It's a person um, that people may have heard on another podcast. Ooh, famous That's guest. Right. A famous guest. Famous Ooh. Brisbane podcaster. Would you like to introduce them? Yes, uh, we have fan of the pod, friend of the pod, and token straight guy, <laughs> Adam, welcome! And thank you so much for having me. Uh, Adam, he, him, and uh, yeah, Buck is my favourite character. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> this podcast is nothing but Buck slander. <laughs> and I want to say at the outset, this episode, um, which is WeHo Confidential, mm-hmm. I think was one of the better episodes that we've watched this whole season. And partly that's because of the minimal role that Buck plays. Agreed. Also, my controversial opinion is I actually enjoyed watching this episode. Oh my god. Is this the turnaround? Yeah, I would would say that Buck doesn't need to be in this episode at all. Like, you could make this episode so much better by not having Buck at all. He has, like... Three lines. He's barely in it. This is what happens only when we get someone who's listened to the podcast before on, on here. Oh. They're automatically just like, yes, Buck doesn't need to be on the show. We've, I've heard <laughs> you. I've heard you speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, you told me that you've actually watched Q-Force because of the pod. H- how do you feel about the show, just the episodes that you've seen? Yeah, so I, I never would have watched this show unless it was for the <laughs> podcast. I'm literally only watching the show for... To listen to the podcast, which is great, Thank you. by the way. But I, I get the idea that they're trying to make like a queer American dad, you know, like family guy, that sort of thing. But for some reason, they have decided to not go ahead and just make a good show. <laughs> They've just gone straight to the like really dodgy Netflix spinoffs. Like there was one called like Paradise PD yeah. or something, oh, which yeah, is I watched one that. episode and it was... It was garbage, and I've never watched anything else. So it, it, it's 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 very strange. I got to say, this show does have much better animation, I think, than Paradise PD does. Mm. The yes. the action in this show, even from the beginning episodes where the plot maybe wasn't so good, the action was still quite crisp, which I liked. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think about the characters? Is Buck actually your favorite, or or do you have another? Oh favorite? God, no, no. But I hate Buck. <laughs> I agree with I agree with the two of you that. Buck should be, like, a bumbling ally who, like, make his dad the the guy who runs the thing who's, like, a huge homophobe. Ooh, nepotism. And, yeah, ne- nepotism. And, and I, was, I was also thinking the other day, make Buck very similar to Steve. So they're, like, almost identical, but everything is super easy for Buck and he doesn't realise it, but everything's really difficult for Steve because he's queer. I mean, it's a very heavy-handed way of, of showing the difference between, you know... Uh, I mean, what they straight... did was pretty heavy-handed as well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, that's it's a heavy-handed way of showing you know, straight, white, male privilege. But I think that would be more interesting than just having this guy... And I feel like we're supposed to laugh at Buck. But then also, 
as you guys have pointed out on multiple occasions, he's been shown to be really good at his job for some reason. Yeah. 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 The show wants to have him at the same level as all the other characters and be like mm. both likable and unlikable at times. But it, it's hard to do in a show about queer spies when the character is inherently homophobic in a lot of his actions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I actually, I think this episode was really good for not having as much buck in it. Again, <laughs> didn't need to have any buck, but, you know, the fact that I, I think this is the most enjoyable episode. And I don't think it's just because there's no buck. I no. actually think I, I like film noir. I really like um like I I like the focus on that kind of mystery with V. Um and having Pam become more involved was really nice. And I even really like seeing more of Benji. Previously we've kind of seen little tiny bits of him. Um mm. and we didn't get to see that much. Um but I liked seeing more and i liked the i like the main like film noir plot i actually think that's a really clever way of modernizing a villain well i i think that as always you know there's a lot of parody going on in this episode uh we've yes. got uh sheriff globachar which is a Cl- amy klobuchar uh reference i think it went it, over that- my head that's a. That's yeah, a, I, I didn't get that. All I all I know is it's Alison Janney from The West Wing. Yeah, she's a she's a she was an American um, presidential candidate, Amy Klobuchar. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Democratic um, presidential candidate. Yeah, I think that that was the joke there. But speaking of Benji, the show starts with fun montage of everybody relaxing, given that they've mm. just successfully completed a mission in Genovia. Yep. And Steve is getting smashed at a brunch on Bloody Mary's, and he's meeting Benji's friends, who he seems to have already met a couple of times before. And that makes the time frames a little weird. They seem to be in, like, a situation where they're at maybe two months in to a relationship or three months into a relationship. But the time frame of the show doesn't seem that long. Yeah, I would agree. It does make the time frames a little bit wonky and weird although like you you say that steve was getting smashed he specifically does not get smashed (laughs) well i i think that he was speaking drunkenly throughout that uh throughout that brunch oh i thought i thought this was going to come back in throughout the episode i thought he was going to make a mistake because he's he's drunk or but he's constantly drinking throughout the episode but nothing ever comes of it you know well that's a lie we find out one thing came of it. Oh, sure. But that's a little bit later. Uh, but he is constantly drinking throughout the episode. He he, ca- he um, backs it up because after the brunch they go to a party. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, I guess we could talk about that now. Well, he's, can I no, can I ask can I ask you, you talk about the timeline of the show? Can I ask about the timeline of just this episode? Because we are we are we are following Deb and Pam's story as well. So we know this episode happens yeah. over one day, but in one day. Steve goes to brunch at 9am, he goes to a party, he goes to the sheriff's office, he gets a ride with Toluca, he meets with Anthony, he has a meeting with the team, gets a text to go to the Bay of Pigs, then he goes to the set where they're holding people, he stops Skinny Justice, he gets double-crossed, and then has another meeting in the office, and then goes to a funeral afterwards, all in one day. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, you've just recapped the episode better than we've <laughs> ever done it. It just—I was thinking about it today. I was like, "This makes no sense." He like it was so efficient. He does more in a, he does more in one day than I do in a week. 
I think so that the I, I think that the Bay of Pigs and the funeral may have happened on different days. But I think that, but we see, I think once we see, oh, I see Anthony's yeah. once we see Anthony and him meeting, that might be another day. And I know that Pam and Deb's and V's storyline happens over the course of a day, mm. but I think we just we're just getting told two stories in parallel. Okay, yeah. So I think that um, I think the training with Pam didn't happen in a day because spy training should take longer than a day. But it was spy testing, wasn't it? Not spy yeah. training. Oh uh, yeah, true. It was. Are you good enough yeah. to keep our secrets somehow? Yeah, but like there was also a lot of little tests there. Like Pam got full on waterboarded and. I don't know. I feel like if you get waterboarded, you probably need more than a day. How long does waterboarding go for? Also, that first test is like she's just being fed chili. We, we don't get told what, <laughs> what is happening. She just gets fed chili and then gets put in a like a Gravitron thing. Yeah. Point is, timeline is all fucky-wucky. Yes. And I want to quickly bring up that I have written down... Why did I write down, are the two genders, let's get high and watch Chicago, or <laughs> let's bleach our teeth and our assholes? Oh, because that's the type of par- that's the type of party that Chaston Barkley holds. So while they're yes. brunching, they say, Steve, you work so hard, you're working so hard, you want to get up so early in the morning, it's two hours till our next brunch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Steve's like, I want to socialize more, and he says, I actually got invited to a party today, Chaston Barkley's party, and everyone's like, Chaston Barkley? A oh my god. You know, a rich person. They say, it's not the first kind of party, it's the second kind of party, where you yeah. bleach both your parts of your body. Yeah. Then something happens that was amazing. Twink is in the bar too, oh, having yes, a I drag so union much. meeting. Oh. oh, so good. I love it. I love this. It's so good. It, it, honestly, honestly, I kind of wanted to follow Twink and sit in on that union meeting rather than follow Steve on, you know, a go to the rich person's party. Yes. I think any other episode besides this one, if it was just Twink doing a drag union meeting for the whole episode, it would be better. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, agreed. Because I think it's kind of, for me, it was like, oh, damn. And they're not actually really making fun of the drag queens or the union. Join your union. Yeah, it was just kind of like, this is a funny joke where it's like drag queens have a union. Yeah, it's IDP Local 69. And they also rep this guy. (laughs) And that was nice. Yeah, and that's what really makes it feel like it wants to be Family Guy because it makes that, like, offside. Yeah. Oh, it also reps the guy who makes chili in the firehouse and then it cuts to yeah. him. And that's something that Family Guy would do, guy would do quite often. Mm. It's true, it's true. And this, this, also, this show also has some flashback-type things as well, so it's not just that that is the Family Guy similarity. But one of the, twi- one of the drag queens or kings looks like a character from She-Ra. I don't know if you guys watch She-Ra at I all. haven't, and I've been um, told I should. Right. Like, You definitely should. It's excellent. And one of the characters, look, the person on the very far right in the, in the drag unit meeting looked like a character from She-Ra in an excellent way. And then we get the first of these jokes where the company that Chaston runs is called Honestly? Yeah. And that causes some confusion because people think that... Uh, because using the word honestly in a sentence is pretty easy to do. <laughs> and then they all go to the pool party, right? Yes. The, and they're all wearing... I, I felt a bit weird about the... 
about the dress code of this pool party. It must be a very LA thing to do, but I don't know if... What did you guys think? It seemed really fancy to have... To, to be wearing, you know, board shorts and a shirt that was open. But maybe that's just a LA gay people party. Wait, board shorts and an open shirt is fancy to you, Lawson? No, the party was fancy. Board shorts oh, and open yeah. shirt was not fancy. There's yeah. a discrepancy between okay. the two. Okay, no, yeah. I get what you're saying now. And I don't think so, because I think the thing is that they want to have, like, just hot people being <laughs> wet. Sure. And I think that's actually the theme of the party. Uh, Alright, so then... Hot, wet people? <laughs> oh god, I'm so sorry. Why don't you tell us what happens next, which is that Chaston shows... Chaston sees Steve and recognises him immediately. Well, yeah, Chaston comes up to Benji and Steve, who feel like, you know, maybe a little out of place, and Chaston looks snatched. Just... Eyebrows, lips, cheekbones, and immediately wants to come talk with Steve uh, because, oh my god, private, and he's an arsehole to Benji for no reason. What the he fuck? He is an arsehole to Benji, he's, for sure. A- uh, and I actually think the one thing that is good about this episode as well is even though they didn't show us, and we talked about this previously, they didn't show us why Steve and Benji. Uh, were maybe attracted to each other in the first place. They really show us in this episode why they're good as a couple. Benji mm. is like really yeah. good at dealing with Steve's Steve. <laughs> His Steveness is a good description for it. <laughs> it's just Benji's just confident and self-assured. You know, Chaston takes yeah. uh, Chaston takes Steve away, and he comes back, and he's just like, even you could find work at a party. You know, to Steve, he's just chill with Steve. He knows who Steve is, and he's happy to yeah. be with him. Which I think was really nice. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, Benji, I feel like the more I learn about Benji's character, the more it's like, man, the good people in this show are the partners of the Spice. Yeah. (laughs) Like we've got Pam, who is our queen. We love her. We stan. And Benji, who seems just patient and self-assured and, you know... Also a little bit of having an existential crisis at the end, which is very relatable, but, you know. But point is, the plot goes, yep, cool, Chaston and Steve need to have a one-on-one, and it turns out that one of Chaston's assistants, Patrick, has gone missing. Yes, and Chaston names all his assistants Patrick, and they're Patrick number one, two, three, four, five, six... And he says, uh, I can't wait for you to get the better Patrick back or something like that. Yeah. And this is just a yeah. this is just a long running gag in this show where anyone who works below the line is uh, made fun of <laughs> and treated with no respect at all. Yeah, such yeah. such a weird joke to keep coming back to, like that that people in power hate the people underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's especially well, in I this think... episode where there's such union presence, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that the um, Patrick number six thing, and it could be a reference from something else as well, but there's a show that Ryan Murphy did called Scream Queens. It's a bad show. It's very like, we're woke, but making fun of wokeness, but also are we woke? Um, in that sort of glee way. Um, and 
all of the, like the mean girls lackeys are called Chanel and it's Chanel number one, two, three, four, mm. five. Um, and I think that's kind of what that Patrick number six is playing at. But uh, I also think it's just a way of showing that the rich people disrespect the people working underneath them, uh, which is fun. Yeah, and then the other storyline going on, which we've spoken about before, is the Deb and Pam and V storyline. And Adam, why don't you tell us what's happening there? Oh, uh, De- uh, Pam is Pam is being tested because she found out that Deb is a spy, mm-hmm. and uh, also at the also at the same time, uh, V is going through the revelation that she had a partner named uh, named Karen. That's right, C A R Y N, I think, which is one of the worst ways to spell Karen. Probably yeah, in the world. Way. <laughs> no, I think it's it's kind of like there's um there's like these Facebook groups that make fun of badly spelled names. And it's mm. like Mackenzie, but spelt with a uh, at the end instead of just you know Z I E. It's like Z E I G H. So Mackenzie. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, definitely it definitely get on that list that there. Yeah, so V's dealing with that, but she's also trying to test Pam to see whether she can keep Deb's secret. Yes. Yeah. We find out, so Pam's a child psychologist. She's just a very capable person, apparently. <sighs> and she can't help but ask questions. And she can't help but ask questions, because she's curious and lovely. Also, the way she does those tests, she would make a great spy, apparently. Oh, Absolutely. One of the tests that I like in particular was when she could smell Deb, uh, a Deb <laughs> a mannequin in a maze and ran to her. Amazing. That was so good. I really enjoyed that. That was just really wholesome and lovely. I actually, I think the side plot is really strong as well because we're getting more of that. I, I think the more we see of V breaking, not breaking down, but like, I guess breaking that barrier of like, I'm a strong, steely business, like businesswoman, spy, girl boss, and more like her re- feeling like she's been taken advantage of by the AIA. Like the more human she becomes, and the more interesting of a character she becomes. Yeah, I also think that it's good to have to make the AI the enemy, given what we've seen of oh, it absolutely. previously. You know, it, it stops apo- the show stops apologizing for the AI a little bit in this episode, yeah. and as this storyline progresses. But it, it's kind of like a law. That's kind of like the law episode. You know, if we're doing a um, yeah. an X Files Monster of the Week versus Law type deal, Th- this is sort of like the law aspect of that episode, while the Chaston. Uh, Klobuchar thing, Globishar thing is the monster of the week. Mm. Yeah. And so that's exciting as well to see there be some sort of bigger overarching story to the show. I agree. We've seen things continue, you know, from episode to episode, and this episode doesn't resolve everything either, but we haven't really seen something that is sort of a season-long arc or, or, or sort of speaks to something that you might be unraveling over many many episodes so that's that's very fun and cool yeah yeah i think this episode is stronger because we get that lore and we get also i think the i think the monster of the week sort of style the case of the week i i really like the style of it like setting up that okay this assistant's gone missing and then we come to find out that it's not just the assistant it's a a whole slew Mm. of missing people and that's really fun i think in terms of a 
a mystery to unravel. Specifically, uh, skinny gay twinks. Skinny gay twinks. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just before we move on to that, we should say, uh, so Deb is, Deb and Pam are going through this test situation, and meanwhile, V is dropping a lot of subtext, as so much. Deb says. <laughs> yes, oh yes. Deb says, when people say stuff while, while holding a photo, <laughs> it's usually about the photo. That, <laughs> she that made me laugh quite loud, to be honest. I... <laughs> it's these meta moments where it makes fun of not just itself, but also, like, other uh, tropes in shows like mm. that's that's where I think it really sh- this show really shines yeah yeah I think I think they do a lot of parody stuff and that's really strong absolutely and then some of the in the moment jokes or off the cuff things they do is just a bit throws you out of it sometimes yeah it's it feels like the tone of this episode made me actually enjoy myself more because whenever I'm watching something I never go into it wanting to dislike it like when the show, when I got told, hey, Lawson said, hey, watch the first episode of this and tell me what you think. I wanted to go in liking it, even though I was a bit hesitant because I'd seen the trailer and didn't really like the trailer. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot and I hope I like mm. it. And it, I think that hope for liking something and being disappointed means that it can, it can mean, I think, you feel really resistant to try to enjoy something but this episode surprised me in that I actually felt myself enjoying it and that's it was nice it was nice to be on the side of the show this time mm. it's I mean it, it's in, it's interesting you know to have like those first episodes are so aggressively bad and so aggressively just don't know what they're supposed to be you know because so you have to get through at least Four episodes before you get to oh yeah this is actually kind of good uh, it's a it's a weird approach yeah yeah and and as we've said from the beginning you know this episode what we're seeing in this episode could have been episode one you know absolutely this, we're we're a group of we're a group of queer spies we're in WeHo yeah, yeah. we are investigating things that are happening to you know our best friends mm. who go missing or we I've just started dating a guy and I'm going to this party because this. His, his friends all want me to, you know? Like, yeah. uh, it, it is yes. very possible yeah. for it to have started at something like yeah. this. I also think that the, the storylines here are much closer to, to traditional spy storylines. Yes, it, yeah. You know, rich people, well, yachts, pool parties, yeah. martinis, drinking, you know, compared to the... Europe vision even was, was like... You know, in Europe vision, we didn't see anyone like... Um, jumping between gondola cars and stuff that much or whatever, right? Yeah. When, when those episodes were on, which would have given it more that James Bond style, the mm. broke yeah. uh, backache mountain wasn't, you know, wasn't particularly spy because it was sort of set in this mining town, which isn't a big spy uh, yeah. sort of location. Yeah, so this yeah. feels more classically Bond, I guess, or, or, or that genre than perhaps the other things that have gone before, which yeah. I think is exactly what you want from the show, right? I mean, um, you say that it feels more classically Bond, but then we go to Stat flirting with Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, you know, look, uh, is probably my favourite part of the episode, oh, it's is, so is that storyline. So I love good. Stat. Stat is my favourite character. Yes. That's I, Stat, Stat's one of my favourite characters as well. That's the, that's the, I guess, C plot of the show is um, Steve goes to get intel on this Patrick person, um, mm-hmm. Chaston's assistant, from stat 
But before that, we see a little scene between Stat and Jacqueline Box, her robot friend slash lover this episode, spoilers. Mm. And we see the first mention of the show Cobblestones, uh, which is on the Genovian Christmas internet. And is about possessed sex nuns, basically. No, okay. The the description that Stat gives makes me want to watch that show more than this show. A hundred percent. I was so like it's... that. And but Steve disparages it so quickly, yeah, it and it's like that sounds the... really interesting, dude. So it's the devil owns a factory in a tight knit town, <laughs> and bad workers go blind, and ghosts have sex with nuns. I think the devil owns the only factory in a tight knit yes, town. Is the, the only factory. Yeah, which is even more interesting. Um, <laughs> I agree. It's a, it would be a great show to think. I think, I think Steve is kind of supportive, you know, of the show. Mm. He says, look, I don't get that at all, but I'm glad you like it. I hope you have fun mm. with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope you have fun. Bye. But it, yeah, it does sound like exactly the sort of thing that I would love to watch. Anything with magic in it, I'm, I'm down for usually. <laughs> and Jacqueline's immediately supportive and just like, well, actually, I'd like to hear about cobblestones, Stat. And Stat's like, okay, I'll tell you about it. And then, then Jacqueline's just like, oh, are you from a tight knit town? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, do you want to show me? Oh, well, can't you pull up a satellite? Yeah, but I'd like you to show me. And it's oh, it's very sweet. That's so adorable. It's so I. Who would have known that the true love story of this would be Stat and an AI? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Jack and Box says, "Are you from a tight knit town?" And Stat says, "Weho, well, there are a lot of gay men in tight knit sweaters." <laughs> mm. Which is okay. It's fine. Uh, yeah. And then yes, you're you're right. They Jacqueline asks her on a date basically to show yeah. um her around weho which is cute the next thing that happens is that we go to the sheriff's office steve goes to the sheriff's office with the information he's pr- found uh well stat found on patrick showing that there's mm-hmm. something suspicious about his disappearance and sheriff globachar is not interested she has too many pride float permits to sign yes she says yeah yeah pride fro- float permits and you know, go get your be- Citibank Pride Parade beads or something like that, which I actually, I kind of, instead of having a character like Buck in the show, having these moments of just dismissiveness, but like performative support towards queer yeah. communities is actually a lot more interesting because it shows that insidious homophobia that occurs where it's like that we're only supporting you because it's, financially good for us but then but then she's she's also overtly homophobic because she goes well your community preys on itself oh yeah basically insinuates why should we help you because you won't help yourself yeah and that's a huge thing i think with a lot of um like i I think a lot of cops political pundits (laughs) will a lot of cops yeah absolutely but a lot of political pundits kind of push a lot of individualism onto communities where it's like, well, you should be pulling yourselves out. Yeah. Of this. You should be pulling yourself up by the bootstrap and not re- recognizing like the systemic oppression there. And I feel like I'm getting too, too social worky in this no, podcast. N- Hi, I'm a social <laughs> not worker. Not at all. But, <laughs> but we can go to the next thing that happens, which is similar, just on those lines as well, yeah. which is that as Steve is leaving, being dismissed by Sheriff Globachar, um, another cop who... Uh, I don't know if we get a name of, but uh, the second in command to Globachar says, 
here, you, your car's been towed because he didn't understand the signs in a very specifically Californian joke, I assume. Steve's car gets towed, Subaru McClanahan, and he's like, how will I get home? And the cop says, why don't you use Scoot Loop? It's our new scooters. Gay people get the first mile free, which is, <laughs> again, one of those sort of corporate ominous to- uh, statements that uh, sort yeah. of show... It's like rainbow capitals. Yeah, and the the scooters literally have rainbows on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... But he doesn't get on the scoot loop in, in the end. He gets taken mm. into a car by Toluca Lake. Yes. Uh, our femme yeah. fatale. I would say this is the closest that the episode gets to actually being a like film noir parody. Yes, I think that there's um, there's a certain type of Californian film noir that you mm. could argue some of the beach, some of that pool scene was as well. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, I, I, I can't remember the name of the actor. Well, well it's, called, it's called We Heard Confidential, and I assume that's mm-hmm. a play on L.A. Confidential, which was that, yeah. that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is like L.A. Confidential, in fact. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah. her name is Toluca Lake, and yeah. she knew Patrick, she says. Yeah, from an acting class. And there's a bunch of acting jokes, and yeah. uh, before Chaston had said to Steve, it's very hard to be a young gay man, especially if your dream is to truly act. <laughs> and both of them are like, oh, thank God, that wasn't ours. Yeah, this is very, like, femme fatale, like, kind of giving those vague statements, but they're not super vague, but also they're just a bit ridiculous. But she gives the vital clue that Patrick had told her that she was like patrick had been going to these secret raves and mm. uh called the bay of pigs producers at the bay of pigs she's a little on the nose yeah considering the theme <laughs> of the rave that we find out then she hands steve a photo being like this is the last thing patrick sent me he immediately is like, oh my god, he's dead! Because <laughs> it's a picture of Patrick on the ground with blood spewing around him and a, and a bullet wound in his uh, chest. But no, he just played a dead barista on Criminal Minds. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also thought was very funny. Yeah, that was fun, um, yeah. Yeah, and there's another joke here where Steve says, when will I see you again? And uh, Toluca Lake says, I don't know. Because of an incident with the meat grinding machine or meat cutting machine, they're not going. They might not put my episode of Guys Groceries yeah. to air. Yeah, and there's and there, <laughs> there's like a cute uh, theme of like, well, she's a desperate actor, so she has to work on this dodgy uh, game show run by Guy Fieri, basically. And and we keep seeing how um, in WeHo there's a lot of these desperate actors mm. and how it drives them mm. to do a lot of things. And we see that in Anthony's character, who we didn't mention before, but he. Benji knows Anthony, and he met him at Chaston's party. He was crashing it, stealing the silverware, and drinking the drinks. Um, I, I just want to quickly uh, go on. Just it, It'll just take two seconds just to bring up something that delighted me this week, and it's to do with Guy Fieri. Oh, fantastic. We're going to go to Flavortown for a second. <laughs> yeah, can I take you guys to Flavortown for a second? Please do. Please. So... Uh, there was a, I can't remember which late night show, but Kristen Stewart went on it and said that she really wanted Guy Fieri to officiate her wedding. She's getting married <laughs> to a screenwriter. Uh, they've seemed very happy, very gay. And, um, Guy Fieri has agreed to officiate Kristen Stewart's wedding. 
Uh, so that's that's where I've taken you today to oh. Guy Fieri, Ally Flavor Town. That's almost as adorable as Pam and uh, and Deb. <laughs> taking it back to the episode. <laughs> Yeah, and so we see some more testing parts here. Pam smells dead through the maze, as we talked about. Uh, Deb says, you don't have to do these tests. Uh, you know, I'll... She says, fuck this job, <laughs> right next to her yeah. boss, which I find very funny. Um, <laughs> but Pam's excited uh, to be tested, yeah. which is a very Pam yeah. thing. Pam's just happy to be here, and V, I think, sees the relationship and has the little breakdown of like never take karen for granted yeah. i mean and deb's just like what excuse me what <laughs> and then stat and jacqueline are on their date adam do you want to walk <gasps> us through so that cute. yeah so uh stat stat and uh jacqueline are, are driving through on their their scooter and stat is showing jacqueline you know weho and and stat turns all the uh, traffic lights to green for her, which I assume makes a, a huge mess of the traffic. <laughs> Jacqueline turns all the traffic lights green. Yes. That. Yeah. Sorry, yes. did I say the other way around? Yeah. I, I'm so you sorry. Did. And also... You should be. Uh, <laughs> we'll cut it. Out, like, a very good ally right now. Uh, I, I, will, I will performatively make a donation to whatever charity you like. <laughs> 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 um, but also there's a cupcake... ATM that that starts spewing out cupcakes, which is cute, which which is dangerous because yes. I I am glad they don't exist for for real because otherwise that's I would just uh, take all my money out of an ATM and put it straight into the cupcake ATM. Absolutely. I think that they I, I think that they do exist in some places. You're just like <laughs> yeah, exactly in Australia. And then they then Jacqueline tries to hack one mm. of the scoot loops. Yes. I actually think this was and... a, a cute way to include. The, this sea story into the main story, which was nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a, it's got military level encryption on the Scoot Loop app. Yeah, that was another thing about this episode. Lots of things were connecting together and and working well together. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. it's got military security and it's controlled by the sheriff's department, and that's important because the next thing that happens is that maybe in the same day, maybe three days from the beginning, we're not sure. Steve and Anthony sit down to have dinner and Anthony says hey thanks so much I'm happy to talk to you Benji said that I could order anything <laughs> and you'd pay then he asked for 30 butters in a to-go bag <laughs> yes that's that's on <laughs> that's one of my favorite jokes <laughs> the 30 butters in a to-go bag he's also immediately like if you want a filming meeting <laughs> you probably should give me some money <laughs> Yeah, you know what? This episode's won me over. Mm. I am a Q-Force fan. Now. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. Please don't brand me with that <laughs> label. So, so Anthony plays the desperate actor thing quite well. And as he says, yeah, I don't know where the next Bay of Pigs party is, but I'll let you know when I get invited, Steve. Don't worry about it. Steve says, thanks so much. And then Anthony's about to get on his scoot loop to drive away. And he can't do it because he's out of credit because he's a poor actor. And Steve says, don't worry, use my app. So Anthony gets on Steve's scoot loop and it explodes. Just. He is a dead man. And it's. He's fully dead. Yeah, it's one of, it's maybe the second most violent death in the show after uh, Ryan Seacrest of, of Eurovision. 
Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's 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 a lot, and I wasn't expecting no. it. But you find out very quickly that the sheriff is like, ha 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 ha, evil plan. Yes, the the sheriff has tried to kill Steve uh, by activating his account, and they find that all out when the team gets together and has a bit of a meeting about that. But before that happens, we see a little scene with Pam and V and Deb. Pam's passed with flying colours. All the tests. Oh. Yeah, the, the last test is basically just, just getting shot in the chest in a bulletproof vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, but we also importantly find out that V can't, like, V can't pick up the gun and shoot. Yeah, she's got some mad PTSD. Pam says, hey, that's common in your thing. And this is a very funny bit. They just, after they come back from that and, and Pam is getting approved for being able to, you know, be Deb's partner and Deb still be a spy. V is talking to them and suddenly Pam is so close to V. Her chair is right up next to Pam's chair, uh, to V's chair. And she's like, tell me about yourself. (laughs) Which I, I thought that was very, very funny. And V talks about not having these memories of her ex partner, Karen. (laughs) At which point Pam reveals that as well as being a (laughs) child psychologist, she is a chiromancer. (laughs) That was, yeah, I think that's the best term ever. Um, Adam, have you ever been chiromancer? I have not been chiromancer, but uh, yeah, it's interesting that uh, the V can can fit uh, uh, Pam on her back. Yeah, V is a petite Mm. lady. (laughs) <laughs> but Pam's a chiromancer. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I reckon Pam knows, like, but pa- exactly how to put pressure on someone's back. Sure, but, but Pam like, is putting her entire body weight on V's back. <laughs> it's because they're very, they're very uh, deep memories, as yeah, we find yeah. out. Yeah, uh, She's got <laughs> yeah. memories buried deep Super down deep. in there, and apparently we store our memories in, <laughs> in, our, in spine. our spine. <laughs> So Pam has developed a way to uh, get people's memories back uh, by stepping on them. But in the meantime, we don't see that just yet. We don't see those flashbacks just yet. What we first see is that all the skinny gays are being forced to make, at Bay of Pigs, are being forced to make non-union superhero TV. So in these big pools at the party... Okay, yeah? Well, we... We first find out that the theme of the party for Bay of Pigs is cops and hoggers. Yes. And that's upsetting <laughs> to me for some reason. I don't know why. The thing that made um, me the most upset was the outfits. Yeah, so we come to the party. There are all these little pig noses. And um, we see that they're like... There are some skinny gay boys that uh, Twink is like, oh, I knew them from when I was a small gay. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no. He says he knows them from being gay and small. Yeah, that. Yes. I, I didn't write down the exact quote. I only well, he's still, I'm saying it's not because he used to be small. He's still small and all the gay and small people yeah. know each other. Ah, yes. yes, of course. The, the Twinks. <laughs> and so there are three of them in the pool, and then one disappears and goes under, and the middle guy says, Brendan! And then another disappears and goes under, and the middle guy says, Brandon! And then the middle guy goes down as well. <laughs> <laughs> into the water. And I can only assume that the middle guy is called Brendan. Well, we have a Brendan and a Brandon, so he must be Brondon. Or, Bre- or, or Bre- Brenton. 
<laughs> yeah, or Brunden, or Brynden. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually just Brandon, but spelt with a Z. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so and, yeah, yeah. Oh, and we get the we get a little bit of Buck. Oh, Buck doing his classic getting his penis out. Yeah, move. Yeah. So uh, he initiates the. Is it the sausage protocol? Distraction sausage protocol, perhaps. Uh, something like that. Um, but yeah. So so Steve and Twink can follow the small gaze into the into the tube uh yes because buck won't buck, fit into the tube because as twink says he's thick van dyke oh i fucking hate it <laughs> yeah i hated it so much um you've stolen my hate i'm oh, sorry uh no no don't be sorry it's fine i just they they go into the tube uh, with Buck distracting the rest of the crowd with his hog, um, but um, <laughs> and they come out and yeah, there's non-union superhero shows being yeah. made. Yeah, so all these twinks are being forced to film uh, with no breaks in international waters on a big streaming platform. I'm saying that in quotation marks because it's an oil platform or an oil rig. But um. Tss. And they're they're filming Skinny Justice is the show which we heard referenced previously, uh, and they're and this is where all the union stuff comes in. And again, this is the yeah. episode's well crafted in that Klobuchar is mining the natural resource of WeHo, which is Skinny Gays, and pumping them up on uh, <laughs> pumping them up on speed and something else so that they can act twenty four seven so that she can keep creating content is that about right yeah yeah and i actually think this is a good modern motivation for yeah. a villain <laughs> to just produce a content factory yeah. like that's a dope motivation um and at first steve and twink are hiding around but then they eventually get told they have to be on the show too so they're in these ridiculous superhero outfits when they finally realize that klobuchar is the one running it and the mm. um other cop is there running it too. Or I guess they knew that, but they see them behind the director's chair. And um, <laughs> and I like the moment where, dressed in these, uh, you know, budgie smugglers, banana hammocks and capes, Twink and Steve say to Klobuchar, it was you exploiting our community <laughs> on the show Q-Force. I thought that was <laughs> maybe particularly self-aware of the show or particularly not self-aware of yeah. the show. Viewers well, decide. The other th- I don't know if you guys caught the reference to Quibi. Do you guys know what Quibi Oh, yes. Is? That, was, that was a very strange joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was also so outdated because it was saying, like, it's so successful. But I'm pretty sure it was about six months ago or something like that. Quibi died <laughs> Lawson do you know about Quibi yeah yeah and I know that it died um, yeah. but I think that yeah this show was written a while ago I think um, when Quibi was alive when Quibi was alive when Globishar slash Klobuchar was relevant to you know politics yeah it was like it, it was a real 2019 writing 2000 ended 2020 release I think but I mean, um, they have the perfect example. They're on Netflix, and Netflix used to 
be, you know, uh, renting out videos through the mail. At one point, they, mm-hmm. they offered to sell to Blockbuster and Blockbuster said, no, no, we're not interested. And now Netflix is like one of the biggest companies in the world. They could have used that as an example of, hey, even Netflix started off by sending videos through through, through the mail or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, I like when mm-hmm. uh, Globeshaw explains her scheme, her plan, and says, is this crazy? Is it crazy to do this? To kidnap gays and pump them full of speed? <laughs> but also, this is the second episode in a row where bad guys have kidnapped someone and then immediately put them on TV. That's true. That's true. <laughs> because if you, if you have, if you kidnap someone and you don't want people to know about it, putting it on, putting them on TV is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, so they, you know, they get the boys, they rescue the boys. Well, they rescue them because, like, wow. they rescue them because Su- they've taken Subaru McClanahan and they've put her oh, yeah, they've... in the background scene dressing, which Globeshaw gloats about and says, you even paid for scene dressing. And Steve sees Subaru McClanahan and is like, yeah, baby, presses his watch, Subaru McClanahan takes out 20 people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's very fun like bring some techniques yeah. into it and that was it's kind of goofy and just it made me laugh and smile yeah and i didn't need anything more you know i i, I didn't yeah, exactly. the show like we don't need to see why he's able to beat up a bunch of guys right and as we see there's a bigger storyline that continues later so it's kind of good that we didn't mm. probably because after that yeah. chasen barkley shows up to save the day yeah and has a big boat and it's like, come on, boys. And Patrick doesn't want to go back, we find out. But Patrick initially is super excited to get on the boat. But it's a massive yacht that has y- honestly written on the side. Like, who did he think was rescuing him? Honestly? Written on the side? Honestly? It's on the bat, yeah. Honestly? <laughs> well, I, it was written on the side. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly? Honestly? <laughs> so much fun. We could go... <laughs> We, we could do this bit for five minutes, honestly. <laughs> and we're... Honestly, we could. Uh, <laughs> yes, but eventually he says, what Chasen makes me do is so much worse than this. At least here I got to use my degree from NYU. Oh, he just which, wants to be which an I actor. S- yeah, I assume it's a drama degree. Like yeah, degree. I think the joke here is that... Um, is that there are lots of people with acting degrees from NYU who think that it's fancy to say and to and to use, but when you come out to LA, you know, it's a tough place to work. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we find out that Jason Barkley is a betrayer and so is Toluca Lake. Not Toluca. <gasps> Not Toluca, the femme fatale. <laughs> And it's, it's interesting that uh, it stays with that sort of genre trope as well. Even where Steve hasn't been, you know, enticed by the femme fatale, he has been tricked by it. Yeah, I, and I'm honestly fine with the femme fatale not having to romance the No, no, the it's good. Guy, it's, just... a, it's a good, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, it's a good different version of it. It's exactly what, you know, as I've been saying from the beginning of this podcast, you know, this is what I want to see. I want to see spy stuff. And you throw some gay in it. Yeah. 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 And I think what this sort of, I guess, main line now that the sort of A plot of the episode is kind of being wrapped up 
shows is that you can do that really effectively. Well, not really mm. effectively, but like do it to an enjoyable degree. Just to completely and... wrap it up, what happens is Chasen takes all the Twinks away and leaves mm. Steve and Twink, he's the one they didn't take, uh, on the platform. And Steve's like, oh, no. Yes. Uh, and so this episode ends without us knowing what happens with those Twinks. That's for the next episode. Chasen is an it is an ongoing nemesis, so so we don't find out what happens Ooh. there. But we do see some more things in the episode. Did you want to keep wrapping up, Ollie, or did we, we want to let Adam talk to us about what the Chiromancer revealed? I, I reckon I want to hear Adam talk about the Chiromancy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Pam does her Chiromancy, and we discover that V had a partner, uh, which, we, which we knew, but... Yeah, she's, she's been on multiple missions with this partner, and we find out that the AIA basically wiped her memory, I, assuming by cutting out part of her brain, and the big bad from the, the you know, the, the d- director, director guy from Chun-Li. the first episode, the huge homophobe, is, uh, I always think he's saying d- detect- director Chun-Li, as in, like, the character from Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he has okayed that yes we see a surgery where the surgeon says if we remove this last mission if we go this deep we'll remove all her memories of her partner and chanley says do it and this is yeah what a dick but this is something that v you know v's a company woman right she didn't expect this Mm. from chanley you know she thinks he's a dick she doesn't necessarily like him all that much but she respects the chain of command and she respects the aaa but this is sort of a turning point for her. Yeah, and I think this is actually, yeah, I think it's a good turning point, a good way to, like, I guess, integrate V even more as than just, like, the person who's rooting for the Q-Force. She's, like, actually, like, there's a thing here and we now care about her a bit more because, like she's had something taken from her that wasn't fair and if we if we want to place this back into the system of i we had sort of deep discussions in the first episode ollie about you know her role as someone who has survived within you know a homophobic and sexist workplace right within the patriarchal structure yeah um this is sort of you know maybe reading into in too much but this is kind of that unknown harm that you carry with you as a result of being as a result of surviving structures like that and there are lots of people who yeah you know have made it through the system have worked office jobs their whole lives you know from the 50s to now or whatever or even later than that right and they got by and they maybe even succeeded or got to high positions of power but that doesn't mean that their journey through that system you know didn't take a lot from them um, and in a very generous mm, reading absolutely. of the show, uh, that might be what uh, V's story is about. I don't think it is what it's about, but I think that's that is a really interesting reading and probably more interesting than the show <laughs> deserves. <laughs> what about you, Adam? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I mean, it is it is a trope of spy shows that you know the you're fighting all these bad guys, and then it turns out that the the worst guy is you know, stabs you in the back, basically. So I, I feel like they're going off that. But it it's also, like, this ongoing storyline of V and her partner is more interesting, and I wish they had kind of had a got to it earlier mm-hmm. in the series because, 
again, you know, it's this thing of like, oh, you have to get like four or five episodes in before you're actually somewhat invested in the show. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is yeah. the... It, if we go back to X-Files, like I was talking about before, you know, Law versus Monster of the Week. At the the first mm. episode of the X-Files, we, you know, we see that there's a conspiracy going on, right? We know that that's yeah. happening, and we know that that's a thread that we'll be following going forward. And if you've watched mm. a lot of Netflix shows like I have, in a lot of the first episodes of things, you see that happening as well. But here there's no sign of it. All yeah. the time that they could have spent on that, they're developing AIA as just sort of a homophobic institution instead, rather than potentially mm. underhanded. Mm. And, yeah, it's weird characterization. Yeah. Because we're also told in the first episode that they haven't done a case in 10 years because they haven't been assigned one, but also they haven't found any cases. Meanwhile, in that time, they've been assigned, they found this case, the, the, that first case, uh, literally the day after they solved that case, they then fall into another case. So now, you know, now they're finding cases, case after case after case, whereas they spent 10 years not being able to find a case. It just doesn't make sense. It would make, as you said, it would make more sense if they were an established group from the get-go, and that, that would be more interesting than trying to start from the bottom and introduce all these characters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and you know, we could have also had, you know, let's say... The Buck is Chun-Li's son, and we've got some nepotism there, and he's a bumbling ally character. Yep. Maybe the first episode we see through his eyes as he gets introduced to this established team because they just messed something up, and so now they're getting someone, some straight put in there to look after. Similar to the first episode of X-Files, yeah. again, where they send Scully mm. down to look after Mulder, you know? I think that, I, I think that would, yeah, it would show the characters as more capable. Things would work a little bit better together yeah the idea that they worked that they just sat around for 10 years doing nothing is really weird i wish that the show hadn't decided that we needed to see them at such a low and then build up it's like no it's actually more interesting if they are already established and yeah. we come into them when they are established and and then there's something that messes them up a little bit because i think it's more interesting to like see people that are already established have to rebuild themselves um because of something because of a mess up and because in like the AIA obviously doesn't take them seriously having any sort of mess up would have been taken as a massive failure no matter how slight so it'd be far more interesting to watch them as an established group ha make a mistake have to take on someone new and then rebuild the, their credibility within the AIA while still maintaining that the AIA is a homophobic institution. Yeah, or they could have been in separate places and the AIA is finally getting to a place where they accept queers enough that they're make, making one queer team, yeah. you know, even if they have a straight person looking over it. One thing I will say, Jacqueline Box's stat relationship, to get us back oh, on track, so good. is also really good. It feels really natural. Yeah. It feels yeah. like they have gotten to know, unlike with Benji and Steve, where they just sort of get together, Pam and Deb, where they've already been together. I understand how this relationship has grown. You know, yeah. they they met each other, they start liking each other, they like the same things. She's li Jacqueline Box is listening to Stat. Stat is listening and interested Jacqueline Box. They develop and share themselves together. They have similar mo moralities. And in this episode, we find out what Jacqueline happens. looks like. Ooh. 
Jacqueline looks like a hot devil lady. Jacqueline shows herself, and yes, she looks like a hot devil lady. Yeah. So my question is... Alien devil lady. Is this mutual masturbation? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. sex, yeah. mutual masturbation, whatever yeah. you want to call it. I think I would call it sex. No, I, I would too, but it's just like, man, this is like, they're both really into it, but it's like not that physical touch, but it's still like, it's probably the... Honestly, the most positively sensual thing I've seen on the show involving queer people. <laughs> to explain it, it's Jacqueline Box says, can I show you myself? Puts her little image up on the screen. And then uh, Stat says, do you wanna? And Jacqueline says, yeah, I really do. And then the sort of fades to black as Stat puts her hand down her pants. Or their hand down their pants. Stat is apparently officially trans, even though the show doesn't say it. Oh. Because I, um, I did know, notice that Steve does refer to Stat as she, so I thought, oh well, they're they're not non-binary because because Steve no. refers to them as she. So yeah, yeah, but maybe Stat's trans. I don't know. That that's something that's out there in the universe, but not in canon in the in the mm. season. But yeah, they they get it on, and it's so cute and so yeah. adorable, and they're just a fantastic relationship. Yeah, honestly, yeah. this this relationship is probably the best part of the show. You know, yeah. when, when it was introduced in the last episode, uh, I think it was the last episode, I was kind of worried that they, it would just be a one-off thing. They would get rid of Jacqueline. We would, we would see maybe a, a notice here and there. So I'm, I'm glad that it is, it is expanding and we are exploring this storyline. Yeah. And it's yeah. a nice storyline. And I think, yeah, who would have known the heart of the show would be yes. an AI and a hacker gremlin. <laughs> fallen in love yeah uh, look as the show gets better they i don't think they do this storyline necessarily the justice that it deserves unfortunately and that is one of my biggest knocks on the season as a whole so if you keep watching adam if you tempted to keep watching just for that mm. I, I got some bad news for you oh, but i no. would say that the episodes continue to be sort of this level of quality i think um throughout and the ongoing story of v is that is quite interesting as well. Mm. Um, but now we get to favorite jokes, curse jokes. Ah, yes. Does anyone have any? Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Adam, do you want to do you want to start because uh, I have a it's not even a tangent, but I have a side thing that happened while I was watching the episode <laughs> that became good and cursed. So we watched this episode just before we started recording. That was the fourth time I'd watched this episode. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Because I, I really wanted to try and figure it, you know, find out, get into the nitty gritty. Uh, and one joke And you couldn't I... figure out the time frame still. Sorry? And it's four times watching it and you still couldn't figure <laughs> out the time frame. <laughs> well, because I, I assumed it was all in one day. Uh, but the one joke that I laughed at every single time was when Twink comes out of the tube uh, they say they're a, they're a gay icon, and then they go, "Amelia Earhart, eat your ass out." <laughs> I thought that was I yes, because Twink shoots out of the tube and and floats for a little bit yeah. using his little cape. Yeah, so iconic. And I quite I quite liked his outfit. It was quite cute. Oh, all of the outfits, all the pig outfits that Steve Buck and Twink wear are on my don't are on my curse. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I didn't it. need to see. There's cartoon characters. I think Twink's the only one who pulls it off. Yeah, those... Maybe. Uh, well, Buck literally pulls it off. Those are definitely on my cursed <laughs> yeah. list, the outfits. Adam, what... Do you have a cursed joke? 
Uh, and curse joke was just the buck joke where, you know, they say, answer the call of duty. And I thought they were going to make like a call of duty, how, uh, you know, Jim bros love call of duty, but no, it's, it's just a poop joke. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's on my cursed yeah. as well. He says, I've already relieved myself of duty or oh, I'm duty free. Yeah. yeah. Just gross. <laughs> Did you have more jokes that you liked? Again, let's get rid of buck, but. Yeah, when pe- yeah we've mentioned already, but when people say stuff while holding a photo, it is usually that about was the photo. So funny. <laughs> yeah. I love that meta stuff. And then my last one was um, at the party where Steve says Stat can't come. She thinks yes, swimming. Yes, that is, is on one of my favorite. <laughs> That's on my favorite. Well. So I love funny. that. So Those were my three favorite. And he's a good. He's a good boss. You know, he knows a pool party <laughs> is a Stat's place. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie, would you like sure. to go? Sure. Yeah, I really liked just the joke around drag queens having a union that is really fun and good so when steve first goes to see stat uh and hands out the like the file for patrick stat says did your nana print this out print out a bing search at the prison library and his response was how do you know my nana's in and then stops himself and i (laughs) thought that was delightful also why is steve's nana in prison um also just briefly <laughs> while Jacqueline and stat were watching um cobblestones there's a mention of shrimp christ and i fucking lost it um, <laughs> i want to see what shrimp christ is about um in my curse jokes i have thick van dyke hated that um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also didn't like the costumes. There was a joke that I don't think is cursed but fell flat for me. And that was just um, Deb saying to Pam about V, she's like a menu in a dark restaurant, hard to read. And I just, I was like, "Eh, it's not funny. (laughs) But I've got that one on one of my jokes that I liked. That's not my, that's not my. You've got a sense of humor that I've. That I lack. Um, and then, so what? Ha- Adam, be the deciding factor. Like a restaurant in a dark, like a menu in a dark restaurant, hard to read. Good joke, bad joke. Oh, Deb makes a couple of those. There's one where she's like, oh, it's like when my dog threw up on the, uh, it's not Refidex, but here in Australia, it's called Refidex. Uh, uh, I was, I was lost. Uh, and they were, they were fine jokes. I, I, you know, I didn't, didn't love them. Yep. I didn't hate them, but I think they're just so, part of Deb. Yeah. I consider this the Ted Lasso joke formula. I haven't watched it. Which no, is... I haven't seen Ted Lasso. Oh my goodness. Both of you. What are you doing? <laughs> you consider yourself comedians. I'm sorry. Come on. <laughs> this is the cutting edge stuff, guys. You got to get your Ted um, Lasso into it. He does a lot of that sort of stuff where there's a saying like hard to read or I'm lost or tina turn it about or something and he constructs the description of that saying first gives you a pause to dis- to decipher it and then tells you what he means you know it's sort of like riddles as jokes and it's one of the one of the least offensive ways of doing jokes i um, think at the moment so i want to tell sure. you this yeah. cursed thing that did happen while i was watching the episode so watching the episode my partner comes in as uh twink no sorry as stat says cops already have cars bikes and horses to ride and have sex with he burst out laughing and then just said a cab all cops are into bestiality and left (laughs) and that was the most (laughs) cursed thing that's ever happened to me and he's gonna he's gonna be like you told the joke wrong because he's not here to defend (laughs) himself right now but it was 
Yeah, get your own podcast. It was so fucking cursed that happened. But I was laughing <laughs> so hard. And the fact that he just, he's walking away saying a cab. And I'm just like, you know what? All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll quickly run through yes. mine. We've got Buck, I'm duty free. We've got pig outfits. Those are my cursed jokes. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. positive jokes, uh, I had the especially if they want to act one, which I actually put in like and don't like because I think it's a little cursed. I had 30 butters mm. in a bag. I had menu in a dark restaurant. I also had, at the beginning of the episode when they're in the bar and they're having brunch, Twink waves to Steve across the way and tells the other drag queens, that's, that's my, my work daddy. daddy. <laughs> my job yeah, daddy. And, and they all react, like, silently, and he's like, right? Yeah, and they like, fan themselves. It was, was, was a nice uh, visual joke, yeah. It was really good. Then at Chaston's party, uh, Steve says, wow, what a glow up. Uh, and Chaston says, oh, it's so boring. We don't want to talk about that. You know, the basics. Exercise, diet, blood of an orphan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is good. <laughs> There's also later in the episode, I- I'm just remembering this one now, Steve says, thank God for rich people when Chaston shows up in his uh, <laughs> yacht, uh, which yeah. is very funny. And then Twink also says, wow, look at the size of that boat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then the other one uh, was that when they're having their meeting, Twink says, wait a minute, where's mum? I mean, mum. I mean, yeah. Deb. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, that was, very, that was cute. very cute. Oh, boy. You know what? This episode went all right. It went all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I'm a little bit disappointed uh, you asked me to be on this episode because it's uh, it's not the pile of hot garbage that some of the previous episodes I'm so been, but, sorry, uh, and there's no buck for no, you to comment No, thank you so on. much for having me. Like, I, I felt like you should have been able to comment on your people, you know, the straight men. Yes. <laughs> and you didn't get to uh, Can I, I as, a, as a straight white uh, cisgendered uh, male, uh, I'd like to say apologise for buck. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I have this, I have this theory that like, I know it's on Netflix, but I feel like someone knew David Harbour and he said yes to the show and they were like, oh, shit, we need to write this character for him, but we can't write the bumbling ally character. It has to be, like, a really manly, manly character. And and that's how Buck came about. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so weird. I don't know why he's in the show. <laughs> well, well, I'll accept your apology. Speaking of people Thank in you. shows, you're in a podcast show, Adam. That's correct. I host a podcast called D4WH. Uh, a Doctor Who podcast, and we discuss uh, all things Doctor Who. Ollie has been on the podcast uh, many times, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's adult humour about a show that we yeah, love. So if you've so. managed to get all the way through this podcast and the show Q Force, you're probably at the age level for D4 WHO. Yes, yes exactly. Uh, and you can check us out on uh, Podbean, Facebook. Uh, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. And do you have any personal social media that you'd like to plug? Uh, Yeah, Adam O'Sullivan Comedian on Facebook. Uh, And uh, yeah, please check that out. And you can find my Twitch, Lawson Lion at Twitch, uh, still not doing anything there, but will one day. So, you know, follow that. (laughs) And uh, I might be streaming in the next two weeks or so. We'll see. We'll see. Do it. Do it. Uh, You can find me at Ollie on Twitter. Uh, otherwise you can find the podcast on, uh, Twitter and 
Twitter and Instagram at Two Force Pod. Uh, and if you look up Two, Far- Two Force Podcast on Facebook, you'll find us there. The links for the show, as always, will be in the bios. We've got a good old link tree happening. And yeah, if you if you enjoy the show, you know, retweet, send it to your mum, <laughs> tell tell your mum that we're good. Send it to your gay mum. Friendly. Send, send it to your gay mum. Send it to your Deb. Send it to your family of choice. Don't send it to your buck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I think. Is that everything? That's everything. That's it. Thanks so much for coming, Adam. Thanks so much for having I'll me. It's been a blast. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.